Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money, a lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money, which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. If you see me driving my Tesla on the highway, do you want to avoid me because I might be using the so-called autopilot function? Bigger question, are these self-driving car functions safe? For the roadways. Yesterday, I read to you a portion of a front page story in the New York Times. Neil Boudet wrote it. The headline was A Tesla Crash Exposes Perils of Its Autopilot. And it began this way George Brian McGee, a finance executive in Florida, was driving home in a Tesla Model S operating on autopilot, a system that can steer, brake, and accelerate a car on its own when he dropped his phone during a call and bent down to look at it. Neither he nor Autopilot noticed that the road was ending and the Model S drove past a stop sign and a flashing red light. The car smashed into a parked Chevrolet Tahoe, killing a 22-year-old college student named Nabil Benavides. One of a growing number of fatal accidents involving Tesla cars operating on Autopilot Mr. McGee's case is unusual because he survived and told investigators what happened. He got distracted and put his trust in a system that did not see and brake for a parked car in front of it. Tesla drivers using autopilot in other fatal accidents have often been killed, leaving investigators to piece together the details from data stored and videos recorded in cars. The story further along quotes, My next guest, Jason Levine, is the executive director of the Center for Auto Safety. He's also a consumer protection advocate and an attorney. Hey, Jason, it's nice to have you here to talk about these uh, these instances. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm, I guess, a little biased in that I like the function. I have the car. I have the function. I can understand how it would be problematic in some folks' hands, but in the case that I just described, as I look at the sequence, the guy dropped his phone and bent down to to pick it up. Shouldn't have done that. And that's what caused the accident. Of course, others look at it and say, well, it's it's that function that he was using that created this peril. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think you've put your finger on it. it. It's a combination of all these factors put together. Um, you have an advanced uh, automated driving system that is um, that does some things incredibly well, um, but is not actually a self-driving technology. 
uh, in that it doesn't self-stop, which is perhaps the most important part. Um, and I think when you market something with a term that most people associate with an airplane flying itself, um, and you choose, which Tesla's chosen to do, to not use the most advanced versions of driver monitoring technology to try and limit uh, or eliminate the, the, the over-reliance on the technology, we unfortunately see exactly what has happened, um, both with respect to emergency vehicles and this really tragic story that, that you're referencing in the Times. So the, the name is a bit of a misnomer, right? Autopilot. Yes, it can steer, it can brake, it can accelerate, but it's, it's not the Jetsons. It's not as if I get in in my garage and all of a sudden it drives me to the studio. Would you help me explain to folks what are the capabilities of the system that Tesla has? Sure. So, uh, first of all, you're exactly right. Uh, it, is, it, is an, it is a hyperbolic use of, of terminology about what is an incredibly advanced cruise control. Um, and, and I don't say that pejoratively. I mean, it's incredibly advanced cruise control. It can control your speed. It can, in certain circumstances, do a very good job of following the vehicle in front of you uh, at speed, slow when that vehicle slows, um, accelerate when that vehicle accelerates. Uh, it can, uh, in certain circumstances, steer for you in terms of, of, of around. Um, uh, you know, it can take turns. Uh, we, you know, when, when you program in where, where you want to go, um, did Tesla has some new software out there that it, it's even doubling down on its, on its terminology problems by calling it full self-driving, uh, which claims to be able to see stoplights and claims to be able to get you even closer to full self-driving. Um, but again, these technologies are not actually able to do perhaps the most important thing we do as drivers, which is stop. Um, which is which is use all of the the information we have around us and calculate uh, at the speed of our human brains and say, hey, that's an emergency vehicle stopped on the side of the road. Maybe that's why everyone is moving over. I should move over too. Uh, and it Adva- just doesn't do that. Advanced cruise control. I'm going to try and mimic that because I think that's a good descriptor. I have on a number of occasions tried to educate the audience that doesn't know what goes on with these cars as to what exactly it can and can't do. What is level two as distinguished from level five? I hope I'm not catching you cold, but the time story spoke of this being similar to GM and other companies having level two self-driving. But if you could operate autonomously at all times, that would be something else. No, that, that I'm happy to get into that. that. That's a, that's a great question. The, the simplest way to think about it is, is level five uh, autonomous vehicles. This is a, sort of an engineering term that has now been adopted by the government in terms of how we think about our progression from your, you know, your 1990 uh, pickup truck, which uh, has, has a stick shift, um, through to, let's call it the Jetsons, uh, to where you, maybe it's not a flying car, but anywhere a vehicle could go today with a human driver, if you were at a level five automated vehicle that automated vehicle could go by itself without any um direction or interference other than you know where you want to go uh from uh, a person you could you could theoretically put a small child in it you could put a you could put your dog in it and send it to the vet and have the car come back um that would be level five it would be perfect it could do anything a human could do in a car um where where we are right now in technology in terms of what's currently available on the roads 
are these sort of level two vehicles, which is uh, Tesla has that vehicle. Uh, the General Motors has that vehicle. They call their feature Super Cruise. There's a few other manufacturers who have similar technology out there. And that is, is advanced driving assistance systems. So it helps you with speed. It helps you with um, lane departure. It helps you with um, uh, some of the steering issues. It helps you with a lot of the features, but it does not absolve the driver in any way, shape, or form of being in control of the vehicle at all times. So it really is that advanced cruise control. When Just real quick diversion, when your readers, or the, sorry, your listeners, um, hear about uh, Waymo and Google and what they're all doing, um, they're working on level four technology, which would be uh, automated vehicles that can do almost all of the things that people can do, except in certain maybe geographic or weather uh, sort of circumstances. Um, and they've actually abandoned, like Google out there has abandoned uh, the level two sort of idea and even the level three idea, which is really sort of where things get very dangerous, which where people rely on technology that they think is self-driving and really isn't. But, you know, Tesla's so, creeping in that direction, and that's what concerns us. So, Jason, by the way, this is Jason Levine. I said he's the executive director of the Center for Auto Safety. Uh, is this all good news or bad news to you folks at the Center for Auto Safety? Do you welcome all of this? Elon Musk said this is all good news because machines are safer than people. I understand he's trying to erase human factors, but do you like where we're headed? So we like where we're headed in the idea that technology has always been the way to improve vehicle safety. So sort of at a macro level, we think it's great um, that we are employing advanced technology to improve on vehicle safety. You know, vehicle crashes still kill 40,000 people a year in this country. It's the leading death of people under the age of 25. I mean, it's still a real problem and we need real solutions. That said, deploying technology in a way that allows people to over-rely on it or even encourages them to over-rely on it um, before it can do what people think it can do um, is, is dangerous, not only for the individual instance, like this tragedy you just described, but um, for the long-term development of technology. You know, we want to see it get to the point where it's uh, as, as routine as seatbelts and airbags where these things are protecting all of us um, because we're relying on them and we know they work and they work in the way we expect them to. Uh, and right now, that's not always the case. I have to tell you that the first time that I, I drove a Tesla and I'm a big believer in it. I love the car and I'm, I'm excited to explain it to people as I'll do when you leave me and and welcome others to call in and and have this conversation continue. But my first reaction was one of surprise. I was surprised that the the car had been uh, approved and able to be put on the roadway. And I don't know, maybe that was my naivete. I know a lot goes into the process, but I was surprised we were that far along. I'm not explaining it well to you, but if you have a reaction, offer it nonetheless. Sure. Well, we, you know, our, our vehicle uh, regulatory system in the United States, we don't pre-approve vehicles. Um, there are some safety standards out there, some of which are relatively new, some of which are 50, 60 years old. Um, that manufacturers need to meet. But if you are developing technology that is sort of essentially beyond the range of existing regulation, um, you can put it out there. And the, the mechanism that the government has to 
oversee that would be from an enforcement perspective. They would say, hey, that 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 feature you put on the road is unsafe um, and you're going to have to recall it. So it's not a pre-approval process. It's sort of an after the fact process. And um, that sometimes leads to where we are right now. And in fact, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration just opened an investigation earlier this week into autopilot because they they are looking at 11 crashes into emergency responder vehicles. So, I mean, first responder vehicles, side of the road, stopped, um, where vehicles on autopilot were crashing into stopped fire trucks and police vehicles um, because the vehicle wasn't detecting things. So, we, you know, the government does have that ability sort of after the fact, but if you are otherwise compliant, and Teslas do pretty well in crashes, they have a very good crash rating and those sorts of things, and obviously the electric battery is, is amazing technology, um, you can put it out there and sort of see how it goes. And, you know, that's sort of where we come in at the Center for Auto Safety. Well, what, what do you then do? So we're a nonprofit. Um, you know, we're a government and sort of industry watchdog. And so then we will try and highlight for consumers, uh, for the government and for industry to say, you know, you're headed down a path here that's amazing. We should encourage it. And sometimes, we, you know, we see that with, with advanced technology, that is safety technology or you put some technology on the road that is particularly concerning uh, because the oversight isn't there either inside the vehicle or outside. So, for example, you know, with autopilot, Tesla has chosen not to use active driver monitoring systems. So it doesn't know. And that's where you see all these videos on YouTube of people, you know, putting it in autopilot and climbing out of the seat, uh, out of the driver's seat and letting it go because there is no mechanism to stop that inside the vehicle. GM has chosen to go a different path. GM's got its own issues, and certainly we've been critics of GM uh, in the past and will be in the future. But for their version of this technology, uh, you, you, they haven't, you can't do that. Um, in, and, a, in other you know, words, it, would it be something, things. Jason, would it be something yeah. like locking in on my eyes and making sure I'm there and attentive? Essentially, yes. Interesting. Yep. So, so overall, what what is it that that the Center for Auto Safety has said about autopilot in Tesla? So I think we you know we've said two main things. Uh, you know we've been asking the Federal Trade Commission actually since 2018 to look into the use of the term autopilot um, right. because we feel it is intentionally deceptive, um, okay. and so we think the terminology is problematic. Uh, and then the other piece being this. Um, build in because the technology already exists. And in fact, Tesla has some of this technology built into existing Teslas and has chosen not to deploy it um, to use some of this better driver monitoring system technology. And whether that be um, uh, visual uh, eye scanning or not scanning, but sort of checking to make sure that your eyes are where they should be um, using seat uh, sensing technology um, to make sure that, that someone's in the seat um, we would encourage that to be used with autopilot as well. Uh, but by the way, we don't think this is just a Tesla or an autopilot issue. We think they should be across the industry. Tesla has just chosen to be the spear, you know, the tip of the spear in terms of getting this technology out there and popularizing it. And so they take a lot of the heat. That was really excellent. Thank you so much for the briefing. Before you leave us, give us the 30-second version. What does Jason Levine from the Center for Auto Safety most want people to know about so-called advanced cruise control or what others describe as these self-driving car functions? Sure. One, there's no such thing as a self-driving car that's available to you or me on the market right now. If you're in a vehicle that has an autopilot or any other advanced driving system, 
you are still responsible for driving that vehicle and most important, stopping that vehicle. Uh, technology is amazing. If you need to, you know, scratch your nose uh, and those sorts of things while you're driving, that's great. But be in charge of the vehicle. You're responsible for it. Um, and just drive responsibly just as you would if you didn't have the technology. The best way to get you and everyone around you home safely. Jason, good stuff. Thank you very, very much. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. I, I would love for all of us to educate others. And you tell me, I mean, do you think what you're driving, if you're using autopilot, even though it does imply that you're going to have a fully functioning self-driving car, and that's not accurate, it, advanced cruise control is a great descriptor. You feel safe? Is it safe? What do you want to say to other drivers on the road? Those of you who are not using this technology, how nervous are you at what you just heard? I don't know much about the GM Super Cruise function, but can we swap information for the benefit of those who don't have the technology? <laughs> what are you saying, TC? Why are you laughing? You're laughing at every every conversation item I try and start this today. This is all the most Michael thing ever. It's, what do you mean? I don't know. It's just cracking me up Go today. Ahead. No, I don't know. Just, you know, well, I just drive. I, all I do is drive. That's all I'm saying. Can't we all just get along? I I believe that you... Can you please take call, caller number one, please? Sure. <laughs> Hi, Barb. You are first because TC wanted you to be first. What did you want to say? Team Barb. I just want to say that I've got two stick shift vehicles, and I think people should just drive. You know, I have a friend who has one of those smart cars. <laughs> and it's got a screen in there that shows you where you're driving, and I think that's just nuts. <laughs> Listen, that technology, that technology I, I have, I've got smart kids. They don't know the roads. They don't know the roads because they're so used to a voice in a phone. You know, I'm a product of an era where you bought maps and you had to pull out a legal pad and, and chart your course and so forth. They, they don't know that my kids don't know the names of streets that are a quarter mile from our house that they drive on every day. Well, I just think it's too dangerous. People drive nuts anyway, and you need to pay attention. Even I get distracted, and I, I think you pay attention, Barb. No doubt. Uh, everybody's got to pay attention, but I believe that we are. Thank you, Barb. I believe we are safer with technology being relied upon than human factors. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.